Welcome to episode 137 of the Bronx Beat Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Fagan, and today I'm joined just by Dr. Paul Semendinger. Hey, EJ, how are you? I am doing great. I got in some spring training baseball last week. It was fun. Pro tip for anybody going out to Arizona, the Rockies slash Diamondbacks facility is amazing. Wonderful place to watch a ball game. Uh, I uh, highly recommend it. Very cool. It's in Scottsdale. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that is my lesson of spring training. I didn't get to see, didn't get to, didn't get to go out to Florida this year, even though I do, I do love getting down to Steinbrenner field. Uh, the Steinbrenner field is a lot more of a pro stadium than a lot of the, these nice smiling ballparks. Have you ever, have you ever been out to, uh, to either spring training? I have been to the Yankees spring training only once. Um, but, but yes, we went once. It was fun. It was actually the first day that A-Rod was there. This was 2004. Nice. Yes. And I had uh, two of my three children. The, one of them was too little. And we went into the Yankee gift shop at uh, Steinbrenner Field and Gene Michael was in there. And I looked up and it was just Gene Michael, my kids, me and a lady and her kid. And I went, you're Gene Michael. And he put his <laughs> hand up and he said, shh. I said, can we have your autograph? And he said, yes. Yeah. So I quickly bought a baseball and he signed it, Gene Stick Michael. And then he quietly walked away before uh, the throngs, the people that started entering, uh, assaulted him and, 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 and uh, bothered him and took him away from whatever he had to do that day. <laughs> that, that is wonderful. I, I, uh, my, my, my favorite, I, I had a great seat the last time I saw it, went down to spring training in Tampa. It was like four or five rows behind the Yankee dugout. Oh, nice. And there was the one guy who had the seat, like, you know, like around, like essentially on the corner of the dugout. So everyone else were kind of behind the dugout. And, but this one guy could like basically reach into the dugout. Season ticket holder or spring training season ticket holder, whatever it is. And this guy clearly like, had like a thing going with the clubhouse attendants or, or somebody in the dugout because he would show up with bags of like basically candy and then hand them into hand them into the clubhouse attendant. And then like he would be like the, the, they, the guys would like toss him balls all the time and occasionally he would get them signed and he would like toss them out to like the children of the of the section. It was very weird because it wasn't like he was it was it was like he was exchanging really weird goods for baseballs. I just, I don't, <laughs> That's awesome. it, it was very, and it, it was very, very weird. And like when I'm talking about like weird candy, like the peanut, like the peanut, fake peanut, orange candy, like those oh, kinds no. of things I remember. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so the, the weird things you see at spring training, we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about uh, how the Yankee uh, 25 man roster for opening day is shaping up. So lots of very interesting things happened today. The Yankees optioned Tyler Austin, Giovanni Gallegos, Ben Heller, and Billy McKinney to AAA today. Uh, it, it's been announced, or at least assumed, that Jacoby Ellsbury will, will at least begin the season on the disabled list. Tyler Wade has earned a spot on the opening day roster. Uh, and uh, Ronald Torres, uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, uh, Glaber Torres has been uh, optioned down to the minor leagues. So lots of, or, or rather has been, will not earn a spot on the opening day roster. He's not on the 40-man, so he doesn't need an option. So lots of things have happened in, you know, lots of developments here, um, and which means we're starting to kind of get a picture of the opening day roster. Right now, by my count, there are 23 players, or 20, at least 22 players, with guaranteed spots on the, four, on the 25-man roster for opening day. Those are your five starting pitchers, your six core relievers, so I'm including, uh, I'm including Adam Warren, Amongst those six core relievers, and uh, amongst those six core relievers, I'm not including Chase and Shreve, who we'll talk about in a second. You have your uh, your nine starting 
fielders. That includes Chris Drury and, and, and Neil Walker. Uh, you have your backup catcher, Austin Romine, and then you have Tyler Wade. So that's 22 spots in total. There are three spots remaining. Of those 43 spots remaining, we can say that Chazen Shreve and Ronald Torres seem to have a pretty good shot at making this roster. So my first question for you is, would you prefer to have Shreve and Torres, or would you prefer to substitute substitute in any of the, the other players on the 40-man roster uh, uh, for the final 25-man? You know what? I think uh, Shreve, he is uh, the best other lefty. I'd rather have him than Wade LeBlanc at this point. <laughs> I th- think you need a second lefty. So uh, Shreve, if it's me, if I'm making the decision, makes the team – and Torres brings a sense of fun and excitement. He did a great job. He's got the toe night show in the dugout. And and I think his days as a Yankee long term are probably um, uh, going to be limited once the Yankees bring up guys like Gleber Torres and Miguel Andujar. But until that point, I, I think Torres is uh, definitely going to make the team. In fact, the Yankees just released uh, one of their silly spring training get ready for opening day videos, and and it's all about Torres. He's he's dreaming that he's hitting balls over the fence, and uh, there's a scene in there where Giancarlo Stanton can't open a uh, <laughs> container of pickles, and Torres comes in and opens it. So I, th- I think all signs point to Torres being on the team. Okay, so I I, I don't I, I have to disagree. I, mostly on both on both counts, but mostly on Torres. I, I mean, I, I think you're right that signs point to Torres being on the team. That that seems clear. They seem to like him. I don't think that Torres had. There's no point. I think there's no point to having Torres on this roster at this moment. Tyler Wade plays all the positions that Torres does. He probably plays them better. He also plays center field and the outfield and is fast and is probably a better hitter. Is doing better in spring training and can steal bases. Right, so anytime you would say let's put uh, you know Chase, uh, uh, let's put Ronald Torres on, uh, on the field, you are better off saying wait, no, I forgot we have Tyler Wade, let's put him on the field. So he becomes your backup backup infielder, and I just don't think that's very useful. And furthermore, you have so much flexibility on this infield roster that if you had to, you could move Neil Walker over to third, you could move Brandon Drury over to second, right? Though you have lots of options, so you don't the, the utility of having like a a, a super sub is lower, a second super sub is lower because you can already move people around uh, the infield a little bit. Um, so I, and, and we can talk, we'll discuss alternatives in, sec, in a second, but I just, I don't, I don't see any situation where I would actually want to play Ronald Torres on this roster. If he's at AAA, he is still eligible to be called up. He is still optionable. And so if somebody got injured, you could call up Ronald Torres. Tyler Wade could, could start for that injured player, and Torres could be your backup infielder in a day, right? He could drive from Scranton. That's not that hard. No, I don't um, disagree with yeah. you at all. I, yeah. I, but I think that he's on the team. I, I, and I think you're right, and I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't, I do not like that he is on this team. He, I, I get that he's a funny guy, and he's playing like he's, like he's he's great on camera, and the players love him and all of that, and I think he would make a great clubhouse attendant, uh, but not a great uh, backup infielder. Um, now there's more interesting things going on here. So we have, now we have Chase and Shreve. And I agree with you. Agree with you that I would love another lefty in this in this bullpen. And I I, I think that the that is right now the, the that's the one piece of leverage the Yankees don't have. They have five really really good relievers, and they're all righties. Uh, and it would be nice to bring in a guy in like a one out situation in between you know Chad Green and Tommy Conley. I don't think Chase Shreve is that guy. I think he is worse against that lefty than 
all five of those guys, except unless you think that Dylan Batanza is, is basically shot, which is perfectly defensible at this point. He His career splits are basically even. He has a, a, a career uh, OPS, TOPS+, plus, which is just your comparing your split uh, against lefties and righties that's exactly the same, right? So over, over the 133 games of his career, he has been the same pitcher against lefties and righties. He has not had a platoon split. Last season in 2007, in a pretty small sample he had a pretty strong platoon split in favor of lefties so maybe that has changed and maybe there's some reason to believe that he will going forward be a really strong lefty one out guy i am skeptical i think the yankees option down a much better option in ben heller uh to to the minor leagues ben heller is a guy who the yankees have never really given a chance to succeed at the major leagues even though in limited time in the majors he's been really good and at triple a he's been one of the best relief pitchers in minor league baseball, um, you know, in the in the majors, he he pitched this last season. He pitched only eleven innings. He only allowed one run during those eleven innings. He struck out a bunch of guys. He had some walks. Right, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but he he only allowed one run in eleven innings. Like that, that's good. Um, and at the AAA last year, he struck out 13, 13 batters per nine. Like this is a guy who could be like your next elite reliever, and you're playing Chase and Shreve over him. And I I just don't get that. I think what happens is teams get hung up on and, – and, and I do believe that Aaron Boone is going to do probably a better job at this than, than uh, Joe Girardi did. And I was a big Joe Girardi supporter. But I think Aaron Boone's going to follow, you know, sabermetrics just a little bit more. But I still think even with that, teams get caught up in the fact that you need to have – um, a left-handed guy. I think when you go back to Torres, the Yankees, even going back to Joe Torre, we talked about this about a month ago, get hung up on these guys with these small sample sizes who end up doing great. Uh, the um, um, Enrique Wilsons and the Luis Sohos and the Miguel Cairos of this world. And, and I see Torres falling into that where they just think that, oh, we've got the greatest little guy who can overperform and he's going to always, always perform, overperform until they don't. And I just don't see the Yankees going into the season with one lefty and that being their closer. So I, that's why I think Shreve's on the team. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you are correct. I just wish you weren't. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's, that's the, the that, that's my feeling about that one right there. Uh, so there, there's, so I think, I think Shreve is on the team. He's out of options. And so if they were to, if they were to give up on him, he'd have to pass through waivers. And although I don't think that that would be much of a loss, I think at this point it, it's it's almost certainly going to happen. Um, also still in camp, I believe Miguel Andujar is still in camp, um, so he's still in camp. Domingo Herman or German, I don't know if it's German or Herman. I've actually heard his name called for a while, but um, I'm going with Herman right now. Uh, and Jonathan Holder are all still in camp, so they are presumably competing for those last three spots. So I want to ask you first off, we're going to get to who we think will be picked. But first, before we get there, who do you think, if, if you were Brian Cashman, who would you give that last 25-man roster spot to? Domingo um, Herman. The choices are Domingo Herman, Jonathan Holder, and uh, Miguel Andujar. I think Andujar is in the minors. I thought I saw him go down. Oh, he did? Okay, so so let, let's assume, let's, let's, let's limit ourselves to the two pitchers in a second, because there's other guys in the minors I think we should talk about bringing back up. Yes. Um, so you got you got one last spot. Let's say it's going to go to a pitcher because they really don't feel like they need a bench of any kind at all, in any circumstance. Uh, and it's you have a choice between Domingo, uh, Domingo Herman and Jonathan Holder. Well, you know what? I like what you said about Holder. Um, you sold me. So I'm going to go with Holder. 
And I, I, at least he has some major league experience. Ultimately, I think the Yankees do not need another pitcher. They, their bullpen is stacked. So I don't see that that would do anything for Jonathan Holder's development. But if you're saying I have to pick between one of the two, he's who I take at this moment. I mean, Holder's got some crazy minor league stats, right? This is a guy who, who, who in 2016 had 14 strikeouts per nine and one walk per nine, right? During that time, he had a 1.65 ERA. I, I mean, he was just elite. And a AAA last year. Now, he didn't have a, a full season at AAA last year. He spent most of his time in the majors last year. He had 12 strikeouts per, per nine and an elevated four and a half walks per nine. In the majors, nine strikeouts per nine, one and a half walks per nine. Like, he was pretty good in the majors. He had a 3.62 FIP, 3.89 ERA. Like, I know that he that a lot of that was weighted toward the beginning of his time, and, and he kind of he kind of fell apart toward the end. Uh, but I think every indication is that Jonathan Holder is a good a good relief pitcher. Um, that said, I think I, I, want, I want Domingo Herman. Um, that's that's my pick here. I think Domingo Herman, first off, should be a major league starting pitcher. But if he's not going to be a major league starting pitcher, I want to see what this guy can do in short relief. He's got a great fastball. He's got great stuff. You know, he's the kind of guy who could become like a real Chad Green type, multiple inning fireball in relief. And you know, if we're talking about basically a, a roster spot until Jacoby Jacoby Ellsbury gets back, let's let's you know put this guy in short in you know, a couple of short stints and just see what happens when he's throwing you know ninety six. I, I don't disagree. I think uh, if the Yankees are viewing him as a starting pitcher, you know, I feel I still think the jobber rules lingers back in the uh, recesses of some of these guys' heads, and I don't think they want to move a guy who they think might be a starting pitcher and and starting the year as a as a reliever, and again the eighth reliever situation. So. Um, you're not wrong, and and uh, but but I think if they're going to pick one of the two, it's going to be Heller. Okay, so now let's talk about. Let's say for for a second that that wasn't going to happen, right? They weren't going to bring in their thirteenth pitcher. Or, I'm sorry, their twelfth or thirteenth you know, uh, pitcher. They don't need the extra relief pitcher. They have so much relief depth at this point in the season that it's kind of pointless to bring that guy in. And instead of doing that, they said, "Let's call up a hitter." Mm-hmm. Which hitter would you call up? Well, which hitter would I call up, or who do I think they're going to call up? Uh, well, let's let's say which hitter will they call up. I will preface this by saying currently on the 40-man roster, you have Miguel Andujar, Tyler Austin, and Gleyber Torres. Uh, let's assume Gleyber Torres is off the, is, is, is not an option. Uh, and then they have Billy McKinney as, as, a, as a left-handed outfielder. Is, so Austin, on the, is Austin on the roster? Yes. Tyler, Tyler Austin, Miguel Andujar, Billy McKinney are your options. Um, if, if it's my option, it's Andujar. Andujar, I, I want him. I, I think he's a, I think he's going to be a superstar. I think he's going to. In fact, uh, on my blog, I'm going to predict uh, when we run the uh, prediction post uh, this weekend that he's going to be the American League Rookie of the Year. He's going to go down to the minors to start the year and come back and, and just light the world on fire. So if I had my choice, I'd, I'd just start the year with him. Okay, so I, I agree with you, but if the premise is that you send Miguel Andujar down. Uh, because his defense isn't ready yet, and he can play full time at third base rather than sitting on the bench. Is that a compelling argument? And does it make you reconsider, or do you say, "No, screw that. Andrew Jar is a major league player right now. He's going to hit. Let's let him hit." Uh, I say, if, if he's up, he plays though. So if if, if he's going to start the year in the major leagues, I'm not going to waste him on the bench. Drury so would becomes. You, would you play him over Drury? I would. Okay. I, I think that's interesting. I think there's a good chance that he's better than Drury. I think he's. I think Drury's the more certain player at the moment. Absolutely. That's why I think they're going to start the year. Yeah. With him. 
Yeah, and I, I think you give Drury a chance to to be good or bad, and then like in a month you'd make a decision. Personally, I think between Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar, um, and, and uh, Torres is going to be playing second and short, so maybe that, that means moving Neil Walker over. I think that's still an option, uh, but I still think that's that's the calculus. I'm going to go with Billy McKinney, who I thought you were going to pick. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. who I said. I think the, the question is, who do I think the Yankees are going to bring? That's my that's my crazy pick that I think will come up, and I'll tell you why in a moment. So okay, so let's first say let's put out the, the case for Billy McKinney before you think he's he's the guy who comes up, right? I, I think the biggest case for Billy McKinney is that Billy McKinney is a left-handed hitter, and right now the the weak players on this roster are a lot of right-handed or switch hitters. So guys who you might consider pinch hitting for, um, you know, guys who who you might want to maybe sit against a tough righty, something like that, right? You have you have guys like Brandon Drury, who I think is you know it, it, we've talked about you know you could you could pinch hit him with a platoon advantage problem, I think pretty well. Um, I think guys like you know Ronald Torres, if he ends up in a spot, I think you're going to be pinch hitting for him. I think Neil Walker's got some spots where you're going to be pinch hitting for him. Um, you know, I, I think that. Uh, uh, you know, Austin Romine is going to be starting a decent amount, and if you don't want to have, if you have Gary Sanchez either DHing or you don't want to have Gary Sanchez, um, you know, if you want to keep get him rested, you could pinch hit him there. So I think having a left-handed pinch hitter is better than having a right-handed pinch hitter, and Billy McKinney is that left-handed pinch hitter. And the Yankees don't really have a backup outfielder right now. They have the four outfielders and then DH, but you can assume that most of those games that DH is going to be starting, and so you will lose the DH if you move that player into the outfield. You have you have Tyler Wade as an option there, but he's also the backup shortstop and second baseman, right? And you can imagine games where you want to use him as a pinch runner. You can imagine games where he's already in the game because uh, he's already pinch run for somebody, and then therefore you don't have a backup outfielder. And I just I think that's the that's a more valuable player to have on this team than another relief pitcher who's not going to play very much. I agree with you entirely. And and as you're talking, you're making me realize uh, I think the Yankees will, are going to think of Wade as that fifth outfielder at this point until Jacoby Ellsbury uh, comes off the DL. So, so you think Wade Wade is more more of a, a an extra outfielder than he is an extra infielder, or do you think he's both? Like the first. Well, priority I think he's both, I, he might, and he's probably going to be the first priority. But I think the Yankees are saying you're the fifth outfielder, which is why again we're going to go back to Torres. They think of Torres then as the backup infielder guy, and I think they think to Torres is the third string catcher. God forbid something happens to Sanchez and Romine in the same game. Yeah, yeah, that's always an option. And I'm sure, I, I'm assuming he's the guy who drew that short straw and had to take some catching drills um, uh, on the roster, which makes him a little harder to get rid of, though hopefully not too difficult to get rid of. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Billy McKinney fan at this point. I think, you know, McKinney, McKinney was really good last year. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to understate how good he was. Um, you kind of look at his top line, and it doesn't look that impressive. I mean, it looks impressive, but the, you know the guy hit two seventy seven, three thirty eight, four eighty three between Double A AA and Triple A last year. Now he was better at Triple A, three hundred six, three thirty six, three fifty one. He had really, really strong home road splits. I won't, I won't keep reading out numbers, but he was far, far better on the road uh, last year, especially at Double A, than he was uh, at home. And I've talked about this a, a decent amount in uh, on this podcast before, but it's 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 worth repeating. Uh, Trenton, the, the ballpark of the Trenton Thunder, is really really pitcher friendly. It is a very difficult place for any kind of power hitter, especially 
left-handed pitching, left-handed hitters. And so by being so difficult, you know, you end up you end up hiding really strong performances. And his his batting line wasn't bad at double A. It was 250, 340, 430. Uh, but that doesn't scream like future major player. But once he gets out of there and gets into a much more neutral run environment in Scranton, all of a sudden he looks like a superstar. And he's not the first player for this to happen to either. I mean, this this happened to Jay Cave. This happened to some extent to Gleyber Torres, right? Like these these players um uh, at AAA, kind of start like finally get into a run environment in the Yankee minor league system that's a little bit better, um, and and I I just basically want to see what McKinney can do. That, that's that's the, ba- the that's the 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 part of it there. Maybe maybe he forces his way onto the roster, uh, you know, if there are no injuries. But I think at this point it's going to take an injury to get him up from AAA, and that's a pity because Jacoby Ellsbury is the guy blocking him. Yes. And, and I agree with everything you say. McKinney has actually played in 18 games in the minor in uh, spring training this year. The only guy who's appeared in more is uh, Florial. Um, the only guy who's appeared in as many is Jace Peterson and Shane Robinson, and neither of those guys are options uh, to be on the roster. And while McKinney's batting average in spring training, which we don't, you know you can't put a whole lot of weight on, but while his batting average is only 161. His OPS has been 929. So what he is making uh, connections. He is getting on base. He does show that he has a good amount of slugging. And of any of the Yankee players who faced any significant amount of time, um, he is the guy who's leading the team who's not on the roster in, in OPS. And I think I, if I'm the Yankees, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at what you're saying. He's a left-handed hitter. And you are. If you're gonna if you're gonna pinch hit, you're gonna pinch hit for guys like Ronald Torres and Austin Romine. And uh, you need a guy who can who can hit from the left side. And that's Billy McKinney. Or just a guy at all. Right now, they don't have a guy at all on the roster, right? I mean, even if you had Tyler Austin on the roster, I'd want to pinch hit for those guys in, in key spots. Correct. They don't have that guy. Um, I, I think I think it's interesting you bring up spring training playing time. It's one of my favorite exercises. So I'd like to just kind of go through it real quick right now. Um, who I'm concerned with which players are being given the most playing time in spring training. Teams give players playing time for a couple of reasons, right? One is they they give they generally will give the players who are going to be on the major league team a lot of playing time because they need to tune up. Uh, but they'll also give players that either need to kind of em- empty out some rust, so players that that, that need to who've been injured or haven't had a lot of playing time recently. They, and they have players who are auditioning for the majors that they want to see. They're also given a lot of playing time. And so if I, when I run down the list of players, I think, you know, we can talk a little bit about, you know, who, who falls in what group and why Greg bird leads the team in play in, in at bats. I actually don't have plate appearances here in front of me. So they might be a little bit different for plate appearances. And in fact, as we, as I stall for time, I'm navigating over to plate appearances. Um, but Greg bird is a player who's been giving a ton of pl- a playing time and, hasn't looked great. I mean, he finally hit a home run a couple of days ago, but are you concerned about Greg Bird? I mean, the Yankees seem to be concerned enough to give him more playing time than the average starter. Correct. He he actually uh, has been playing a lot more than the average starter. And yes, I am concerned. I am afraid that Greg Bird is not what we all hope and dream and think and he's going to be. He just... Um, uh, you know, with the injury history and the fact that he can't stay on the field and, and he's having a very slow spring. Now, maybe we're having the reverse of last year where he was great in the spring and then he got hurt and he was terrible till the uh, playoffs or the stretch drive at least. So maybe we're just uh, having the statistical variations even themselves out here. But he, when I've, I haven't seen a lot of games, you know, because you can only get what's on TV. Um, but when I've seen him, he hasn't really looked good. In spite yeah. of, you know, in addition to the numbers not being there, he hasn't, he hasn't looked good. 
And the Yankees don't really have another option behind Bird. That kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, maybe we've talked about a guy like Andrew Jar McKinney as, as that next option. Um, but none of them have a lot of first base experience and the Yankees just let Adam Lind go. I mean, to me, that's a good sign that they've released Adam Lind, that they're, they're confident enough in Greg Bird that like they're, they're like pretty decent, like replacement level alternative, or maybe a little bit above replacement level alternative. They were willing to let go for free. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Bird, but I want to move on. Tyler Wade's gotten the second most playing time in spring training. Um, I think it's it, Tyler Wade is the, the the auditioner, right? And 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 so far he's he's looked great, and you know maybe now that he's won a spot, they'll kind of you know bring that playing time back a little bit. I agree with you, and, and he and I think he won the spot. He, he's yeah. done well. He's at three sixteen, uh, and he showed that he can run and he can field, and he, he's really done a nice job. Yeah, almost as many strikeouts as walks. I mean, the Tyler Wade. I think we all forget that Tyler Wade had a breakout season in twenty seventeen. Um, Tyler Wade, I used to call the, the Tyler, the, the Tyler Wade batting line. I used to call 270, 350, 350, because that's what Tyler Wade did every single season leading up to this, this last season, 2017. Now he didn't play as much because he sat on the, the major league bench for a long period of time and barely played in the major leagues. Um, but when he, when he did play, when he was at AAA, Tyler Wade hit 310, 382, 460. That is nuts, right? And, and he's continued that into spring training. Now it's spring training, we'll see, but I, I think it's just worth remembering that Tyler Wade could be better than Neil Walker, better than Brandon Drury, better than a lot of guys, um, better than Greg Bird, possibly. Uh, so keep your eye on that. I think Brandon, if Ty- oh, sorry. I think if Tyler Wade were uh, putting up those numbers four years ago, we would be uh, looking at him a lot differently, and he would have been the uh, guy instead of Rob Resnyder, who... Because Ref Snyder, I think, was a mirage. I don't think Tyler Wade's a mirage. And then the, the, the key difference between those two players, I think it's a great comparison to bring up, is that Ref Snyder was probably, is probably a better hitter than Wade, or at least was in the minor leagues. But Ref Snyder just had no position. Tyler Wade has all the positions, right? It's, it's, they're complete opposite defensive players in that sense. And you, know, you get the sense that if Rob Ref Snyder had like, played a passable left field or a passable second base that he'd be on the Yankee roster right now, but he can't, he was just terrible out there. Um, and Tyler Wade won't be, uh, and can provide that value even if he doesn't hit as well as Ref Snyder, but looks like he might do that. I think he'll hit better than I don't think Ref Snyder can hit. <laughs> Ultimately, next, I think there was a mirage. The next two players, um, to get a ton of playing time are Brandon Drury and Aaron Hicks. I don't think there's much of a story there. Um, Brandon Drury is interesting because, you know he's a, he's a switch hitter, so maybe they want to give him the playing time to get both both swings going. Uh, but it's it's hard to really tell a story right there. I don't think there's much going on. Number five is Miguel Andujar, and he clearly was being auditioned for a spot. So my question is, given this much playing time that he received, should Miguel Andujar have still be competing for a spot right now? He's lost that competition. He had four home runs really early and didn't do a lot afterwards. Should I mean, we, we've said that we think he is he is good enough to be a major league player, but it, did he did he disappoint in spring training? Uh, I think he got off to that hot start, and I think he did disappoint uh, after that. Uh, again, you hate putting a whole lot of value in spring training, but they're playing the games, and and the results have to matter at least at some point. And I think what the Yankees saw was that he can still use. What has he only played? About 58 games at AAA. So I think the Yankees saw that he could still use some time uh, developing. And that's never a bad thing. Yeah, and, and I agree. I, I don't think that 
Um, I don't. I don't think there's guys who I think you hurt by sending back down. I think you hurt Billy McKinney by sending him back down. I don't think you hurt Miguel Andujar, and I agree with you there. Nothing really else going interesting going on on the on the hitting side. I'm going to navigate over to pitchers and kind of see what's going on there. Um, you know, we the pitchers are always a little bit more difficult to judge because Yankee the, the Yankees and many other teams are very. Um, uh, they they're per, they don't always pitch their their starting pitchers in major league games. So often you'll have like a road trip and and there'll be like it'll be kind of some bad weather like Sunny Gray a couple of days ago. And instead of risking that that player might not uh, might not pitch uh, because due, due to weather they'll just pitch him in a minor league game in their minor league complex. Uh, and so the, the playing time isn't really key there. What I think is interesting is that Wade LeBlanc has received the second most playing time in spring training. Do you think there was ever a world where Wade LeBlanc could have been like the last guy in this in this bullpen? Uh, probably, but I don't think so. I think the if the Yankees are going to go with that third player, that the uh, the guy they're going to go with would would have been uh, one of these young, uh, hard throwing kids. Yeah, I mean, I look at the the distribution of playing time here, and the Yankees have given a lot of innings to guys who are going to be on their AAA team, like are definitely going to be on the AAA team. Wade LeBlanc, David Hale, who. As a New Jersey Devils fan, I remember as a hockey player, but that's different. David Hale, Brady Lau, uh, C. Carroll. I don't even know what C. Carroll's first name is. J.P. Fireson, right? These are all guys who are not going to be major league players. And unlike the hitters who have, for the most part, received major league playing, uh, received um, uh, major league status, um, or rather received the bulk of the playing time, the ones who are going to be in the majors, this is most of this has gone to minor league players, right? C.C. Sabathia has only pitched two spring training starts. Right, Tommy Conley and Dylan Batanzas all have like six innings or less. Um, so there's less there's less you can read in the tea leaves there. But the last player I want to talk to you about is, I think, a player that's been a little bit interesting um, in this um, uh, uh, in this uh, bullpen, and that is Luis Sessa. Luis Sessa, he's only he's only pitched like uh, three games, not that many innings, uh, but people have said that they like his stuff coming out. And that he uh, he's he's gotten a better shape, yada yada. Do you think there's anything in Luis Sessa, or should he just be designated for assignment at this point? <laughs> I think you see Luis Sessa go down to AAA. I think he becomes one of these guys that bounces up and down. And uh, actually, um, I'm predicting that he is. Uh, I don't want to steal all my thunder here, but I, I predict he's the third piece in a big trade that takes place in July that helps the Yankees <laughs> <laughs> get over the hump. I will say, Mike Xis at River Ave Blues today wrote a post and he speculated or, or made his bold prediction that uh, Luis Sessa, if converted to the to, to relief pitcher, could be like that next like Chad Green type. And I think that's about as good of a, a – that's not a bad bet right there. Uh, I think he's a failure in both long relief and as a starting pitcher, and I don't understand why he has a roster spot given that, that information. We have gone to 30 minutes somehow on this discussion, uh, Paul, so I commend you for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, a week from now, we are going to be previewing opening day. It's, oh, it's getting close. I know. I, I need baseball. I need real baseball. I need baseball that I can rely on and not have to deal with uh, MLB.com, not, or rather nobody televising spring training games, which just kills me. And you know what, EJ? Uh, I'm tired of the uh, announcers from other teams. Oh, God, yeah. It's the worst. A couple of weeks ago, they had the Yankees, Red Sox, and they had the Red Sox announcers doing the game. And all they did was a nine-inning commercial for the Jimmy Fund, which is a wonderful thing. I and, saw and, that. I remember that. Oh, was, my was, God. They didn't even – I think it was Ronald Torres had a bunt single or Didi had a bunt single and the guy didn't even notice it. And he's like, oh, a slow ground ball. Like you're not even watching the game. You're just interviewing all these different, all these different people. 
It was oh, terrible. It's the worst. It's the worst. I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm blacked out of, of uh, any Texas games. And so when the Rangers, when the Yankees are playing the Rangers, the local broadcast is horrible. And it's all that kind of local crap. Or it's like, let's interview the guy with the sandwich shop, you know, while the game is playing. I just, I can't stand that. That's a rant for another day. Paul, thank you for joining me. Everybody, thank you for listening. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.